0: And now the creator of Ren and Stimpy, Bob Kemp. Rolls downstairs, a loner in pairs, rolls over your neighbor's dog. It's great for a snack, it fits on your back, it's log, log, log. It's log, it's log, it's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's log, it's log, it's better than bad. it's good. Everyone wants a log, everyone loves a log. Did it, it from Blammo. There we go, that's the log song.
1: And you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. woo <laughs> <laughs>
0: Side by we will begin in mass invasion. We
1: will tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put earth under our roof. It is your sacred duty to tell us the truth, confess and
2: take that we will give you witchcraft.
0: And overrun the entire world. We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by
3: Saturday night.
0: From a flooded cellar deep in the underground broadcasting facilities of Area Fifty-One. Welcome to Talkcast Three Hundred and Forty-Seven. Oh my god. And this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tonight, with a chance of no tomorrow whatsoever, I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight, the rest of the gang, hail, hail, we're kind of here. In the Peabody time tunnel, the technical radical, our button-pushing keyboard clacking, sonic screwdrivering, sometimes violent virtuoso. Tonight, in the pet depilatory section, it's Criana.
2: That's not where I am.
0: Well, uh, actually, she was in the McDonald's takeout line, uh, but somebody beat her to it. (laughs) Where are you tonight?
2: I was in the PVP lobby.
0: Oh, cool. From the stacks of her quiet place in the Dank Dungeon's public literary conservancy, friend to Cyborgs dines with the lycanthropic elite and is rumored to have a secret quilting society among whose members might possibly just include an international gamer, welcome Zombrarian.
2: Lord Farron has been kidnapped by the bandits. We have to save him. I mean, we really don't, but...
0: We could if we have the time. I do if I
2: want to get the experience points. Oh, that's true.
0: All right, we'll work on that. So a guy walks into a used car dealership and says, listen, we have a deal. If I can plug this Nintendo Switch into this 1987 Ford Fairlane. At that point, you know you're either talking to Sammy Hager's fraternal twin Snuffy Hager, or a very own futurist and gamer, the guy who really likes shiny stuff, Awake by Java.
1: Yeah. You know, the Switch could probably plug into anything, but you know what's not plugging into anything? Please the tell NES us. Cl- the NES Classic, it's been discontinued in the stupidest move that Nintendo has made recently. Yeah. Is-
0: has this been uh, one of a series of incredibly stupid moves?
1: Uh, I don't know. The NES, like, they made this tiny little cute Nintendo, and they said, here, this plays 30 Nintendo games. It's 60 bucks. It's like a money printing machine. <laughs> it, they, they discontinued it. I guess leave people wanting more, right? Then when they come out with the mini SNES, everybody will go and buy that one, too. Got to have them all. Got to have them
0: all. It's the Pokemon version of everything has to happen for a reason, I guess. I'm not sure anymore. Totally not sure anymore. Our guest tonight is uh, returning to us. Two and a half years ago, he was on the show uh, talking about his novella, Claudius Rex. And oddly enough, tonight he's talking about another novella with has some cool stuff going on as well. Welcome back, John Murphy. John, welcome. Hi, thank you. It's nice to be back. Yeah, a lot of people actually don't say that, so <laughs> <laughs> you appreciate what when somebody does. Well, I, I, the check cleared. Oh, excellent. <laughs> it, it may not eventually, but it did at least for the moment. You were on uh, two and a half years ago to talk about uh, a novella that had been published as part of a compendium called Claudius Rex, which, uh, by the way, we all really liked a lot. And then right after the show... Through no fault of our own. I mean, some other cool stuff happened with that that novella.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I think a couple of months later, it came out in the year's best science fiction and fantasy novellas 2014 uh, from Prime Books. And then a little bit after that, uh, it came out in audio in the year's best science fiction and fantasy novella 5 uh, from AudioVox, I think, I think was the publisher. And then it uh, get reran a year after that in Neil Clark's uh, Forever Magazine uh, last last April. Yeah, last April around the time The Liar came out. So that 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 novella's been pretty good to me.
0: And and it was almost translated into Chinese.
3: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Hopefully it'll still happen. uh, You know, the the lines of communication have fallen silent for the moment, but uh, you know, knock on wood, you never know.
0: Well, you know, oddly enough, I, I was having uh, a, a meeting with a mutual friend of ours <laughs> mm. <laughs> who shall not remain nameless. It was Dale Phillips. Yeah. And, and Dale said to me, have you, have you talked to John recently? And I said, oddly enough, no. What's going on? And he said to me, well, he, he's had something kind of special happen to him. Uh, this year, one of his novellas has been nomi- nominated 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 for a Nebula Award. Yeah, and I thought and I thought to myself, how cool is that? We could have a potential Nebula Award winner on the show again. So I said, hey, let's do this. Let's talk about uh, for a minute the liar. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the novella that's up for the award. First of all, let's talk about what the Nebula Awards are.
3: Sure. Uh, so the Nebula Awards are awarded by the uh, Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, SIFWA. Uh, uh, Every year they've been doing it. Oh, I looked this up at some point and then promptly forgot it.
0: I think it's uh, 50
3: years. Yeah, it, it's been. This is it's the fifty-first. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Last last year was the fiftieth. Um, so they uh, they award um, for best story in a couple of different categories. Uh, you know, short story, uh, novelette, novella, and novel. Uh, they also do the uh, Bradbury Award for um, for best uh, best best movie. Uh, that's done every year at the Nebulas Convention. That's SIFWA's big uh, convention. Uh, this year, it's in Pittsburgh, and uh, we'll, we'll find out May 20th uh, who who won this thing.
0: Well, it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, well, before we even get to that, how did you find out you were nominated?
3: I got a phone call from Don Bonanno, the, um, the Nebula Commissioner. Uh, at work, actually, I had to go find a conference room where, where I could talk. And uh, she, she, she let me know a weekend early and then swore me to secrecy. And that was the weekend of Boscon.
0: Oh, God, was- that had to suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that,
3: that, was, that was the longest Boscon of my life. Um, but uh, I, I, I had seen a couple other likely candidates, and we kind of we eyed each other and then, then sort of secretly confirmed. Uh, maybe I shouldn't admit that. But uh didn't say a word, uh,
0: nothing happened. Yeah, yeah,
3: didn't say it. they read my mind. It's not fair. Totally not my fault.
0: Um but uh yeah, so so sat on that for a weekend walking, and- walking around the biggest science fiction writers convention in New England <laughs> with this story inside you that you can't tell anyone. Do you know how cool it would have been to go? By the way, I've been nominated for a nebula.
3: Come on! Uh, how cool would that be? Oh, that 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 flashed through my head several times. <laughs> After a while, it was actually kind of fun to have the secret, you know. It it, it was it was neat, um, but you know they they wanted to make a big announcement. They didn't want to drop it on a Friday, which you know for for PR. That Thanks for them, not necessarily for you though. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would it would have been nice to bring it up, but you know I'll be at Bosco next year, uh, so you know, maybe I'll get to bring it up then. Get a, you know, get that's, a
0: couple that, of drinks out of it. That's one of the conventions we've never been to. We've never actually covered. And someday I, I think, you know, South Saturday night mm-hmm. really should go to Just Oh, you should. It's you it's know. a fun con. Uh, they do <laughs> such a good job. <laughs> I, I don't know how many more 50 bucks for a photograph conventions I can do. You know, that kind of stuff. And, and Bosco is basically... For writers about writers, uh, mm-hmm. catering to the the craft of the written word, which to me is where where, where it all starts.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I got to think about doing that at some point. So, tell me about the liar. Okay, um,
3: so the liar is is a fantasy novella. Um, it was in the March April issue of Fantasy and Science Fiction last year. Um, let's see, the, 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 the editor described it as, uh, uh kind of Garrison Keillor meets Stephen King. Uh, That's a
0: respect- scary thought.
3: <laughs> well, what do you get when Garrison Keillor writes a Stephen King short story? A novella. <laughs> <laughs> so The Liar takes place in a little town called Versailles, New Hampshire, um, The main character is a fellow named Greg Kellogg, who has a uh, interesting little knack, which is that he can lie to the universe, and the universe kind of believes him. Uh, You know, he doesn't do anything big with it. He's he's kind of an old school New Englander. Uh, You know, does things like like lie to his rake and tell it it's not really broken after all. Or he'll take all of his light bulbs out on a sunny day and persuade them that they're all the ones making that nice bright light. Then he can bring them in and save 20 bucks on his electricity bill. (laughs) So the story starts off, uh, he's asked to take over for the cemetery caretaker by uh, Julie Phillips, the the new local pastor who they've had kind of an off and on thing for a while. And he discovers that every November 5th, like clockwork, Going back through the 1940s, a, uh, a, a young fella or a teenager uh, dies in suspicious circumstances. And he starts investigating that and, and finds there there's, there's something to it that, that maybe somebody with his neck can do something about.
0: So. Now, the other, the other interesting thing about... <clears throat> the Nebula Award way this all works together is that this novella is the only one that is nominated that was not put out in book form.
3: Yes, that's right. Um, Everything else came uh, from, from tour.com for, for folks who aren't familiar with them. They've been making a big push into the novella or, or sometimes called the half novel uh, market, half length novel um, which historically has been uh, back in the golden age of science fiction, that was the length. Uh, some of some of the most famous works um, really are, are are more novella length rather than what we consider a full length uh, novel.
0: What we consider now, absolutely. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Uh, these days, you know, talk, talking to agents and so on. If you're not coming to them with with a, a 80,000, 100,000 word chihuahua killer, uh, you know. The, the, chihuahua always, killer? <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, named for the, the size of the manuscript and what might happen if you uh, carelessly knock it off the table. Ah,
0: <laughs> okay. I've but, never uh, referred to yeah, that way. It's
3: sort of a dysphemism in there, huh? Um, but uh, yeah, the, so they've, they've been trying to push a little bit of a renaissance in that short form. Uh, They're not the only ones, but obviously they've had tremendous success. And, uh, you know, I I wish them the best of luck, especially since I managed to squeak on the ballot anyway.
0: Well, there you go. I mean, but the novella has been a format that's worked for you for a while.
3: Yeah, I I kind of consider it my sweet spot. Um,
0: Why is that?
3: I'm... Not 100% sure. My guess would be, first off, that I tend to be fairly wordy. Um, I like to have space to throw my elbows out a little bit when I'm telling a story. But uh, I I don't always like to work novel length. Um, I I, I find that it keeps me focused a little bit and lets me tell something a little more, I I don't want to call it laser-like, nothing I've written is really laser-like.
0: Um, <laughs> you can say I, that if you yeah, want.:
3: I like I stories mean. that are smaller in scope. I guess it might be w- one way to put it. Um, you know, stories like Claudius Rex or The Liar. Um, I think they're a lot of fun, but I, I focus a lot more on kind of smaller problems and shorter time frames.:
0: Well, it, it doesn't the novella doesn't give you the opportunity to go grand scope, does it? Some people have, um, but
3: in, in general, it, it tends to be a lot more focused, um, at least in, in my experience, it has.
0: So when, when you sit down to, with the idea for a story, do you craft it in terms of this is kind of how long it needs to be, mm-hmm. or, or is it more an organic process where it's as long as it needs to be but most of them just end up at that size.
3: Um, it ten- well. I think some of this might be a side effect of of how I plot longer stories, um, which is I I have really kind of fallen for for the the more traditional five act structure. Uh, the the you know Shakespeare used that a lot famously, but you know lot, lot, lots of folks use it, um, and I find that it really helps give my meanderings a little bit of structure. Um, mm-hmm. with the side effect that, you know, I am looking for those five distinct periods in a story. Um, I, I wrote the, the liar kind of along those lines, although I probably couldn't tell you where the act started and stopped anymore, um, <laughs> but I, I, I like
0: that structure. Hmm? But at one point it was very clear you oh, know, yeah. putting it together.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't do chapters to save my life. I don't know what it is. Uh, but Dividing it up into acts like that works pretty well. and I, I usually write in the tool called Scrivener, which makes mm-hmm. it easy to kind of move things around and put things in folders. And I, I divide it up. All of the scenes are divided up into uh, five groups just to just to kind of keep it straightforward for me.
0: When when you sit down to write, and we're going to move out of mm-hmm. specifics and talking into generalities, what's your best time to write? How do you write? Because, you know, when... I have some friends who are budding authors, uh, or, or budding comic book authors, and mm-hmm. they go, "I just don't know how to do it." Mm. I have the idea, and I, you know, what do I do? I said, "Well, you got to write." That, right. that always helps. So, yep. did you have a a process that you use that works for you? Well.
3: Well, I, actually, as it happens, I, I'm working on another novella right now, and so I have been thinking a little bit about my process. Um, I find that I, I have kind of two times of day when I get the best work done, uh, either at the very beginning of the day when I first get up and at, at kind of at the end of the day when I, when I'm Ready to go to sleep and doing my toddler I don't want to kind (laughs) of thing. I'm too old for that. I won't say how old. But uh, but I I do find that, you know, I used to try to write when I got home from work. And I kind of found that I get decision fatigue through the day. Um, you know, I, I get home and I, I look at, at even simple decisions, and I, I just can't make them. I'm, I'm I'm terrible with menus at restaurants for the same reason. <laughs> but uh, it's really
0: I, I understand the concept, yeah,
3: yeah. But I find that if I can manage to drag myself out of bed and caffeinate sufficiently in the morning, um, I, c- I can I can make those decisions and I can come to it fresh, uh, which I find you know, really important when I'm, when I'm kind of getting down to it in the evening, I I can, you know, get the words out. I often spend the evening doing a little bit of outlining and planning for the next day. Um, kind of doing some figuring out what, what I'm going to work on next. And of course, you know, I'll get into a scene and start tapping away and it's, it's 11 o'clock and, and it's, it's too late to go to bed early. <laughs>
0: What, what time in the morning works best for you then? I mean, Um, early, not, not early, early. Uh, if, if, I mean,
3: if I wake up from my alarm, then, you know, all, all all bets are off sometimes. But, uh, if I manage to wake up on my own around, you know, five o'clock or or six o'clock, you know, when, when the sun is coming up and and the house is still really quiet, that, that's a, that's a good time to sit and, and get some
0: writing done. The characters that I recall uh, from Claudius Rex, and I mm-hmm. haven't read the liar yet because I haven't been able to get hold of it, but I'm going to. Oh. Um, and I'm definitely going to. But as I recall, your character development is always the starting point for me in writing it. In, I mean, in reading it, in that you're very, you have some real precision with your characters. Is, is that where the story starts In a lot of ways, yeah.
3: Um, I I I have my favorites among my characters. Uh, Andy Baldwin in in that is is so much fun to write, and Rex is so much fun to write. Partly because they just tick each other off so Uh much. Um, Starting with the character, starting with the character voice, especially with the first person story, um, really really helps me get enthusiastic about it. And I think that when I'm when I'm enjoying myself, when I'm sitting here chuckling about getting away with something, that's when the reader enjoys it the most. Uh, and that that comes from character, especially from from two characters butting heads a lot.
0: So where was your 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 aha moment in putting the liar together? What was it that said? Ah, here's a story I can tell.
3: Hmm. Well. I had been wanting to set something here in New Hampshire for the longest time. Uh, I, I, I moved to New Hampshire right now. It, it, it was 15 years ago then. It, it was closer to 10. Um, and, you know, you, you live in New Hampshire long enough. You, you meet some very interesting people. And you, you kind of want to share with the world, uh, if nothing else. To, so, you know, they, they know, no, I'm not making this up. People are really like that.
0: yeah kind of true but uh
3: yeah someone was telling me the other day after moving to new england they realized that stephen king must have personally known all of his characters Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um yeah i was kicking around that that magic system idea and i had been for a while and i knew i wanted to write a longer length story and sort of the the aha moment was I, I was going through the local bookstore and found a book of um, that one wasn't the ghost story book it, it, like book of of weird stuff around New Hampshire, and one of them was a plane crash that you could hike up to and see I, I think it has since been removed, but uh, that together with that kind of the magic system and uh, trying to find a voice for that character all just kind of gelled. Um, the, the, I, I, I won't spoil the ending there. The ending was uh, a long time in coming. I, I had to bounce it off a number of uh, writer friends of mine who said, you know, I, I really like the first four fifths of this, but the end really, really needs a little bit of work. Um, and uh, it took a lot of reading and, and rereading for that to finally uh, gel. I, I wish I had a, a particular aha moment, but it was, it was really just,
0: just hard work and sanding away until there was nothing left. Well, That, that answer is kind of interesting because that brings up two questions very mm-hmm. quickly to me. Because you, you mentioned that the kind of gestation period for this novella was like five years. Oh, yeah. Um,
3: you know, I, I had little bits and pieces in, um, in my notebooks and I, I would come across them kind of flipping through and I'd look at it funny and I'd say, oh yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. I'd like to write that someday and completely forget about it for months. Um, the, some of the characters in particular, the, there's a character by the name of Frank Dulac, uh, he's a police chief in, in the book. Um, who was actually named after my former landlord when I first moved up to the area? Ah, there he you was, go. <laughs> well, he he was such a nice guy. Uh, that that's that's the thing. Ninety uh, year old man, and I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning because he was up on the roof shoveling. You know <laughs> that that kind that kind of old school New Hampshire uh, fella. And yeah. I really wanted to work him into a book, and uh, unfortunately, he passed away not long before I started the liar. Uh, but that, that provided a little more of an impetus to kind of do it now, you know?
0: Yeah. And the other question that it brought up to me was the whole, uh, the editing aspect of it. Mm -hmm. When you say, I think I'm done (laughs) and and then you realize maybe I'm not. Yeah. Uh, How comfortable is that for you? And, and how do you go about making that? I mean, there are some people who hire an editor
1: and go mm-hmm.
0: read it let me know what you think and then when it comes back in various shades of red and orange you go oh you thought that did you mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> no I, I i haven't hired an editor um though i i wouldn't rule it out there are some uh some very good freelance editors in new hampshire um i, I think uh, deborah doyle and, and cat howard are both uh, doing that but um i i mostly trade critiques with fellow writers and the reason for that is because it means I owe them the favor. And that means that, you know, I I critique something or a couple somethings of theirs in response. And I learn something every time I critique somebody else's work, too. So it, it's kind of a two-for-one thing there. Plus, you know, free labor.
0: I think <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> so you took you take your stories and you kind of shop them to your writer friends and go, Give me some feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, pretty much. Okay, and 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 when you do that, um, you kind of have to lose all your ego, don't you?
3: If you want to learn anything, yeah, um, yeah, finding finding good readers is is tough. It, it, the the ones who are who are willing to go in and say, yeah, this didn't work for me at all, or. Uh, It's, it's vital to know when somebody got bored reading a story and it's the, it's the hardest, it's the hardest thing to tell somebody, you know, um, somebody you like. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody you like. Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: uh, there are a number that I've read people that I don't know and I can be very straightforward with them, but when it's a friend of yours, it's like, do I really want to, yeah, I kind of have to.
3: And you know, I, I know a number of writers through the Codex Writers Group. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I, I um, ran a version of this uh, through, the, we have a, a yearly novella competition. Uh, I'm actually entering it now. Um, and getting short feedback from that kind of helps me whip it into shape uh, before I start showing it to people. So I'm already fairly confident that it'll mostly work. And the people I'm showing it to I, I think have confidence that I can, I can kind of take it, you know, they're not, they're not going to hurt my feelings. Uh, cause we both know that the end result will be a better story. So I mean, it, just to
0: say they're rude, but you know, right. No, no, I get that. But I mean, you have to be, there, there's a certain amount of, of kid gloves involved in which well, you can't say the ending sucks. You have to come at it a different yes, way you can. to go. Sure.
2: Yes, <laughs> well, you, cer- you, you certainly you, can well, say the ending. You suck. absolutely can.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: you can Um, what I find is most helpful is if I kind of focus on my reaction so I wouldn't necessarily say outright the ending sucks but I might say you know this ending really didn't work for me I thought it didn't make much sense I thought it wasn't motivated by what happened I I think uh, it might be better well Maybe maybe not in a dumpster. But uh, we both know <laughs> that this translates yeah. to the
0: ending right. sucks. Right. But uh, So so at what point, as, as you're garnering the insight of your peers, you, you have to at some point go, I agree with that. I need to do that. This one, I don't know that I agree with that. Maybe not. So y- do, do, you have to kind of balance that out, don't oh, you? You do. Um, The other
3: thing is, especially when you're when you're getting feedback from writers, and I'm guilty of this, I'm guilty as hell. But uh, it's so hard to resist offering suggestions. Yeah, (laughs) uh, I I think it was Neil Gaiman who said that, you know, when somebody tells you that something doesn't work for you, they're almost always right. When somebody tells you how to fix it, they're almost always wrong. (laughs) Uh. That's fair. It's, yeah, totally it, 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 it's it's true too. I hate that guy, um,
2: and that's kind of fair.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it, it uh, taking taking that in mind, um, yeah. You know, if if somebody is saying, "I got bored here," you can't argue with that. They got bored. Maybe it's because they they had a had a politely put say, it.
0: Maybe it's their issue, not right.
3: yours. Yeah. And you know. If you if you're fortunate enough to get feedback from a couple of different people, uh, especially people with different backgrounds, and they're all saying the same thing, yeah, then you know, <laughs> that it's uh, okay.
0: Now I got to do something. Yeah.
3: But sometimes you you just got to look at it and say, nope, screw those
0: guys. I'm right. They're wrong. This is the way to go. And now we're going to roll the dice and actually find out when I bring it to publish. Yep. So in. You are going to Pittsburgh yeah. in, in two months. Next month. I'm Next sorry. Month. Yep. Yeah. Almost four weeks. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. The, it, I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It,
3: it's it's my old stomping grounds. I, I grew up in um, north central West Virginia there. So we used, Pittsburgh used to be the big city. Uh,
0: oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That, that's
3: kinda good to sad. know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty sad.
0: So um, what is that weekend going
3: to mean for you? Um, it's going to mean seeing a bunch of people that I don't get to see too often. Um, I, I, I hang out in Slack sometimes with, with some other folks in Sifwa in uh, who I I either haven't met in person yet or have only met in passing. And so I'll get to spend a weekend with them, and, and we might eventually sober up. Um, well, that's mean, not required. No.
0: It's, not
3: requi- it's not required. I'm not driving. Uh, not flying United, coming back. Um, so, sorry, that was a cheap shot. Um, that
0: won't deserve, so you're fine. No
3: problem. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, there's the, the banquet, which you know should be a nice dinner. Everybody's going to dress up. Uh, they got uh, an astronaut to be the Toastmaster this year, I'm told, which should be cool. And uh, if, if I win, fantastic. If I don't, I will have many, many fine writers around to commiserate with.
0: Is this truly a case of it's just an honor to be nominated?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, w- when I look at the other nominees, um, and Espy Divia is a friend of mine, so I am I am delighted that she is on the ballot. Runtime is a fantastic novella, by the way. Um, you know, read it, too. I highly recommend it. Um, it, 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 it it's, it's nice to see my name in that list. And, you know, that's... I, I, I'm. Not, it would be lying to say that I wouldn't want to win, but uh, it, it is nice to see my name in that company.
0: Of course, you want to win. That's not <laughs> the question. <laughs> Clearly, you want to win. But speech. the amazing thing is, of all of the amount of words that get published in a year, to have it boiled down to all the novellas, and then of all the novellas here's what the writers association thinks we're the best six. And there you are. Yeah. Oh,
3: it's, it's a, it's a little surreal. Um, I, I, I've had some conversations with folks who, who've been in this and, you know, the, the advice is pretty uniform, you know, enjoy it. But remember, this is, this is a little random. Uh, so somebody pointed out that, uh, you know, chuck berry one one of the the greatest lights in rock and roll his only number 1 hit was my dingaling <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point it, it is it is good um, but the, these things are random and take them, take them as they come and, and enjoy it but don't don't read too much into it
0: and as you're dwelling on your current present mm. which albeit is pretty damn good mm mm-hmm. mhm What's happening in your future right now? What are, you, what are you looking forward to? What are you working on?
3: Whew, I am looking forward to finishing the novella I'm working on now. I, I'm about halfway into it. Uh, it, it it's, it's a bit like Yojimbo in space. That, that's, a, that's a good way
0: to describe it. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, There's I, a juxtaposition I'm not comfortable with, but whatever. Uh, you have a working title for it at this point?
3: yep I'm um, so far uh, th- this may change, but I'm calling it red noise.
0: And is there anything else happening? Are you uh, gonna be other places, do other things, or are you just focused on that one thing that one well, thing at a time
3: <laughs> I, i'm I'm mostly focused on that i've I've got um, a couple novels that i'm I'm shopping around that you know i'm I'm talking to agents to see. What uh, what drafts they might be interested in, or or what projects? I uh, got, got a couple irons in in that fire. Um, working on a couple minor short stories, but nothing really major yet. I mean,
0: it certainly cl- can't hurt with this. Oh no! Thing happening in a month. Yeah, and that that has to add a little bit of uh, sparkle to the whole situation for you. Congratulations, yeah. man! Seriously. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. I'm. Uh, I, I, I'm proud to have known you, and, and and based on the work of yours that I've read, uh, this, this is really wonderful, and, and I wish you the best of luck uh, at the Nebula Awards, and we're rooting for you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, we will have links to everything I can possibly link to, so that the listeners can check out your stuff, and hopefully get some more traction out of that the way we did with uh, your last novella. With any luck at all. Thank you. Hey, Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Kriana.
2: Yes?
0: Time for news. (laughs) You weren't quite as anticipatory as you normally are, but that was okay. Definitely
2: not doing anything else right now. (laughs)
0: Yeah, how's that working? Pretty good. Anybody have anything they want to talk about? Not really. No? Mm. How awesome
2: I am, other than that. No, I think we'll pass on that one for the moment.
0: Anybody get to see Logan yet?
1: Nope. No? Don't care. Why would I? Really? Still don't care. I'm not going to care in a month. Uh,
2: I'm not going to care in two years. Well, I happen to I happened to go
0: see it, and it may be the... I don't know if it means anything, to put it in these terms or not, but it's the best Wolverine movie that they made out of all of them.
1: Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I know. Yeah,
0: that
2: means less than nothing.
0: (laughs) But it was actually very good, and uh, I actually enjoyed it, and I know what that means to the rest
1: of you, virtually nothing.
0: But that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, DW- go ahead it's uh it's one of those things that yeah, i I briefly considered going to the movie and then I thought no, and then I didn't think about it again until you brought it up hmm. but I'm glad that you enjoyed it. A lot of people did a lot of people really did enjoy it um, yeah. but I mean
0: it may be the first Wolverine movie that had a story uh, <laughs>
1: And that meant something. This, this is the problem. Wolverine does not need to have a story. I grew up in the 90s, man. Wolverine doesn't need a story. Wolverine needs a whole bunch of people to kill with his claws. Yeah. That's all that's necessary. And that's it. I
0: so. hope that was true, but I also hope that this was something more. And at least to me it was. It, it was an enjoyable experience in their it's getting to the point where there are a lot of uh, superhero movies that have not become enjoyable
1: experiences anymore. So yeah,
0: for me that meant a
1: lot. You know
0: that was important.
1: But yes, I mean, he, we are getting we are getting Guardians of the Galaxy two coming out, and Thor Ragnarok looks kind of good. I'm actually excited for that one. Um, so so I'm, you know what, I'll give I'll give some things a chance again. But right now everything that's kind of taking up my attention is entirely on the small screen i mean uh end of the month is going to be huge doctor who just premiered it's uh tom uh stephen moffat's last season um and peter capaldi's last season uh i don't know if anybody's watched it i have not i have Um,
0: because i have no life essentially anymore but uh again it was an interesting uh it was an interesting sending uh, send-up for the first season, uh, for the last season.
1: Yeah, um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the month, we're getting Handmaid's Tale and American, American Gods. God.
0: So, Kill so, me I mean, now
2: and kill me harder. <laughs>
1: um, I got,
0: you know, uh, American Gods is already getting reviews for their first episode. And the biggest complaint is that the first episode is about the first five pages of the book.
2: So it should feel just as long as reading the actual book.
0: No, it's actually probably going to feel longer. (laughs) But it also, graphically, it was an amazing uh, visual uh, time. So, again, you know, the reviews that are are coming out are uh, not bad. I mean, as in, you know, being thrown out immediately. Hey, I have a a Kickstarter that I wanted to talk about. Sure. Uh, It's called Demon Hunters Slice of Life web series from a group called the Dead Gentleman Productions. And these guys have been doing Demon Hunters for about seven or eight years, I guess, uh, in various uh, web comic, comic book, and web series forms. And they want to do the uh, a new web series called Demon Hunters S.O.L., which I love the title just to begin with. Um,
2: saving people, hunting things, the family. Oh, wait, that's not this.
0: What? No, this one is fighting evil, saving the world, punching the clock.
2: An yeah, anthology- that, that makes it so much more interesting, the punching the clock bit.
1: Well, the I, point always is, love, I always love watching the 9-to-5. Mm-hmm. The 9-to-5 Demon my
2: favorite Hunter. part of
1: the Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Yep, yeah, it's,
2: it's the grind.
0: It, it is. It is what makes the rest of it work. And uh, their teaser re- uh, reel looks uh, like a lot of fun. And uh, I'm going to link that one in as well uh, because I just thought it was fun. That's why I sent it to you guys this morning.
1: For um, the... Grams. There was some surprising box office news this week, uh, and and I was I was trying to figure out what it was. Oh yeah, it was the new Fast and the Furious movie took uh, top box office sales, uh, beating out Star Wars, which tells you and Beauty and the Beast, and Beauty and the Beast, and and which tells you absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. People watch movies, I guess. (laughs) People will watch car crashes. People will watch anything. Now, the Fast and the Furious movies are actually pretty entertaining if you like, uh, you know, car movies. And most people do.
2: I'm not one of them.
0: Yeah. I was going to say I'm not a big fan either, but... I did actually watch the first one.
2: Just like, what's it called? That other movie that I really hated. Quick, quick, Zombrian. What was it? She's like, every movie ever.
0: Yeah, um, I was going <laughs> to... No, no, no. no but
2: gonna... the one that everyone was really, 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 like, splooging oh, themselves Mad for me Mad. to watch. Yes. Even like, Mad Ma- even like, Fury Road.
1: Fury Road. We had
2: to turn it off, like, five minutes in, because she was like, I hate this! It's only cars! <laughs> like... No, it's I was no like, th- does anything else happen, or do they just like shoot things and drive a lot? And well,
0: yeah, that's exactly what
2: happens. Not entertaining.
0: Uh, interesting bit of casting news this week uh, in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find
1: Them too: Electric Boogaloo. Uh,
0: Jude Law has been cast as the young Dumbledore.
1: Right. Which is interesting. I just wa- we just watched the young pope, and he was fantastic. I like Jude Law. I think that he's a great actor. Um Ooh, you want to kiss he... him or
2: something?
1: Not as much as Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, but <laughs> you know it. The, I mean they they he he was really good and super creepy, which is is I think one of Dumbledore's things. Like Dumbledore is creepy.
0: He has um, his side. There's no question about it.
1: Yeah. Especially because he's like, he, he he thinks that he's making the right choices for everybody, but he's just as lost as everybody else. And I think that that's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, oh, did you see that Doug Jones was talking about Star Trek? Which nobody will ever see, ever, because that's what's <laughs> happening with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, uh, they've cast him in a role. And he's very, very hyped about it. And now it's been and, delayed for another six and, months.
1: Yeah. And no one will ever see it because the universe hates me.
0: <laughs> the universe is not being kind to Doug Jones because, you know, this would be a wonderful role for him. And as much I mean, as he I can't be way- getting
1: much, much in the royalties off of that Hellboy liquor that they're selling, right?
0: No, I wouldn't think so now.
1: So, or all I mean, all that Silver Surfer money. I mean, I'm not really worried about Doug Jones' finances, but um, the I, I'm I'm excited to see it, and I'm just I'm scared that it's going to go the way of the you know. I'm scared that by, CBS the way I wish Neil Gaiman would go. Money. No, I'm scared that
0: CBS Behind the Wall pay me to watch it will die before.
1: Star Trek ever gets up? Yeah, that's that is a pretty good distinct uh, possibility, possibility,
2: almost probability at this point. Yeah,
1: huh? yeah. Uh, they keep they, they make some good decisions and then they and then they get delayed and then they make some bad decisions and then they get delayed and, and it's just
2: I'm a fucking really clusterfuck. I
0: yeah.
2: think they were the words you were looking for. I
1: think that may have
0: been the words we were looking for. I'm not sure, but I'm thinking so. Hey, remember when Siffy used to have like Mega Shark makes mates with Super Turtle and all those wonderful movies that it used to do and just horrible stuff and rerun uh, horrible science fiction movies and then every once in a while something good would happen. And Mm -hmm. over the past couple of years, they've started to get better at what they're doing.
2: Like Uh Mansquito.
0: Mansquito was one of my all time horrible favorites. Uh, But they announced uh, about a year ago that they were going to do the Superman prequel.
1: Oh, yes, Krypton.
0: And they dropped the first. uh, When uh, you say that, it sounds
2: like they pooped. (laughs) I'm just going to put that out there.
0: Not Crapton, Krypton.
2: No, no, no. They they dropped it, but they had to strain a little.
0: Oh, more than a little, I'm thinking. And the trailer itself looks that, that Krypton induced
2: cool. hemorrhoid. That's uh.
0: Thank you, Creon.
2: It's gonna require some extra strength cream, if you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> no, I, I. You should really check out the trailer. I've got the link to the trailer,
1: and it's uh, and it's, and it's set not in the time of um. Krypton's Kyle's explosion. Father, right. but his his grandfather, right? So right. it's like a generation, yeah. Which is a super interesting idea. I know that there's some fiction out there about it, but um, yeah, there's
0: way too much. But actually,
1: I'm not I'm not r- really that well versed in it because because that, uh, and uh, and so it'll be interesting to look at. I'm I'm, a, I, I'm I'll give it a shot. Why not? I got plenty it, of hemorrhoid cream. It it actually looks like it's
0: going. to I be mean, you're wor- not the one that
2: needs it, so.
0: Right, but it looks like it's going to be worth the time to give it a shot. Uh, what, what's they, the appropriate
2: it, analogy here? You're the one picking through their leavings.
0: Thank you, Chris. <laughs> you like That's that so mental wonderful.
2: image? <laughs>
0: yeah, mm-hmm. not at all. Uh, Netflix uh, launched the new Mystery Science Theater this week.
1: Right, and they took on Stranger Things, isn't that right? They in fact did, and it was hilarious.
2: There's nothing better yet, than being able to laugh at yourself.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's I,
2: I, people you know, will Netflix, respect that.
1: Netflix has some 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 definitely you know like issues, <laughs> and uh,
2: really like what and, and... I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs>
1: Um, she anyway, lays the
0: bait uh, out very no, no, Let's just leave that one right she where She
2: lays is. the yeah. bait out very carefully. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but I got I, to see the first two episodes of uh, Mystery Science Theater with uh, Jonah, what's his name, and uh, Patton Oswalt. Jonah Hill, Patton Oswalt. Hilariously cool. Wonderful. They, they kind of redid the robots just a little, but not significantly. Uh, Except that Tom Servo can fly now Which I think is interesting But that's a whole other story And uh, the writing is phenomenal Uh, The movies are Absolutely horrible And it's just
2: Hey, Stranger Things wasn't horrible
0: No, the movies that they usually do And actually The clip that they took a Stranger Things to work on Was not one of the best ones For a reason
2: Obviously, but the but fact that they did Stranger Things was a stroke of genius on some producer's end.
0: Absolutely,
2: and I'm sure they had to fight for that one.
0: I don't know. I don't know. But it's maybe. hard to tell.
2: But um, it's, so here's here's the, here's the thing about it. Netflix: is their support people are fucking hilarious. Have you ever contacted Netflix customer support via chat or phone? Oh, no. <laughs> They're awesome. They're stupid funny. And, um, they will absolutely talk to you about your favorite shows and recommend other shows for you to watch, so... No way! Yes, they will. Yeah, they will. Absolutely. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. They, they, like, you're like, hey, I think Netflix should pick this show up, because, uh, it's a really good show, and I like the stuff that Netflix, they're like, great, I will tell people you said that. So if you like this... No, they, seriously, they do. They do. And they're not just, like, bullshitting you. They actually do. So, um call your local Netflix uh call center
1: support line sounds like I, there needs to be a place where i can go and i can like send a form letter like i can to all my senators no
2: no no no, no, no. you you've got to like <laughs> actually talk call to a up. human
1: why would i w- ever do that
2: i know i know it's hard but it's funny because they're awesome Humans, and no. they and they and they will think that you're cool for doing so i guarantee you and it, yeah. if you brighten their day a little bit, your suggestion might just get through. So um, I many, actually I, I had a
1: similar trip? experience. Only three.
2: With...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when I'm bored, when I'm lonely, I just call Netflix customer support because <laughs> I need some support. Um, the I, I actually just uh, talked to customer service at uh, Jelliskins. Oh and yeah, I
2: yeah, said, I like them. I haven't had one of those in a while. I should order one.
1: Um I their their create your own thing was was not working, so I sent them a message and I said, Hey, your uh your create your own page is on the fritz. And then I because I'm because I'm bored and I thought that a robot was gonna reply to me, I I said, It's keeping me from putting on the Ritz. <laughs> and I got back a message that said Oh, yeah, it does look like it's on the Fritz. Uh, We'll we'll look into it. Soon you'll be putting on the Ritz like a $1,000 soldier, which is a reference to the taco song putting on the Ritz from the 80s. Sure is. Wow. I just just, just giggled so hard. Wow. (laughs) I giggled so hard. Was that the gelatin? Yeah.
2: Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to one-up... That story with an even better one from an even bigger company, my car insurance company.
0: Uh Uh-oh.
2: Okay, we're not being paid to say this, even though we own geckos. Okay? (laughs) We do own geckos. They did not come from the car insurance company. So, um, Zombrarian was in a pretty terrible car accident that totaled our car. And everyone was fine. She's fine everyone is fine everyone involved was fine it was just an unavoidable it was literally one of those things that's just an accident and like even the police on the scene were like yeah we saw you you really tried you did everything you could to stop just like too many people ahead stopped short and you know shit happens it's a commute it's massachusetts what are you gonna do so you know we go through the whole process The car, like, you could tell it was totaled just by looking at it. But they had to, you know, certify it. And afterwards, you get sent the same customer service form. How'd we do? And I said, well, short of bringing me a peppermint latte at the scene, I think you pretty much did everything you could because they they really did. They they got us our shit fast without much of a fuss, uh, you know, as much as you can in that situation. Actually, one of the operators even stayed on the phone with her. To make sure she was okay. So I was like, yeah, pretty much. That That's about it. So they sent me a Starbucks card. <laughs> <laughs> so that I could get my own latte after the fact. Because I, I was just like, you know, I was out of my... They, they like give you this blank text field, what could we have done better? And I was feeling really sarcastic. So... Assuming, no. I know, no. I know, it's really hard to believe, but assuming, like you did, that no one would actually read this, I was just like, I'm going to be an asshole and say they could have brought me some coffee. Um, but then they did, so, well. No,
3: so, yeah. if you still have that card, did anybody else see that thing about the unicorn frappuccino at Starbucks? Yeah. No. What is that?
1: Yeah, Um, It's like some kind of passion fruit thing. I I, I don't really know. It was on SnackTaku. Which is a snack Mm. website. Yeah, I saw
3: the pictures and it looks covered with glitter and they're saying it's this week only and it it seems to be a thing.
2: I'm going to give that a big old no thank you.
1: (laughs) I don't know anything about it, but I do know
2: Oh, oh, king of transitions.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's no
2: pressure, really good... no pressure. <laughs>
1: Speaking uh, of bad segues, uh, customer service is getting better. We've had some good experiences lately. That said, uh, I, I still have Comcast. So
2: we have yeah, Comcast well... now too. So although I have to say, wait a minute. The last time I called Comcast, I swear to God, this woman almost asked me out. Like, seriously. <laughs> no, seriously, Zubrian will tell you. I was on the phone with her for, like, 30 minutes longer than it took <laughs> to deal with my call. Because I was escalated to the Tier 2 support, which are actually, right, the people who know what they're doing. Even though right. I told the Tier 1 person that I didn't think our, our like, I don't know, router thing had finished booting yet. And she was like, "Oh no, no, no. It should have it should have happened by now." Here's a- and you know, I felt really stupid cuz I actually hadn't tried doing that. And so, um as I, you know, cuz I was on hold for a second, as I was waiting for the tier 2 person, the Wi-Fi came back on magically as if, you know, Steve Jobs himself had smiled upon me. And um a- and this poor woman picks up and I said, "You know, I tried turning it off and on again and wouldn't you know it worked." And she just started laughing because she also liked the IT crowd. And then we talked about the IT crowd for, like, literally 30 minutes. And we both agreed to go (laughs) home and to bring it back to the beginning, watch it on Netflix. (laughs) So, yeah. That happened.
0: That happened.
2: Yep. Netflix.
0: And and on that note... Coming up on the show in the next month. Wait, you didn't say it was
2: C-sharp? I was just waiting.
0: E-flat minor, actually.
2: That's a key, not a note.
0: Join Chris Drew from... It can't be
2: minor if it's only one note. It has to be an interval.
0: Well, too bad. As he talks about Free Comic Book Day and and all the Comic Cons that he's currently doing through the Double Midnight Mega Conglomerate, on uh, May 6th, the Nerd Magician's coming on and I saw the Nerd Magician at Super Mega Fest. It's an interesting situation. May 13th oh, Dwayne Cough. I'm sorry?
2: <laughs> I mean you said interesting like oh god oh god we're all gonna die. No 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 no. It's He's not, not a god clown book- is he? He is not a clown. So okay because if you ever booked it. a clown we would just have not to be done book- with this.
0: We're not fucking clowns. We
3: but all float 13th- down here.
0: Dwayne Caulfield from the Horror Writers of Maine joins us to talk about their new conglomeration, Northern Frights. And the week after that, on May 20th, George O'Connor comes on to talk about turning healed into a movie and his time at the Philip K. Dick Film Festival in New York City, where it aired for the first time. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of GraniteCon. Northeast Comic Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse for some of the best deals on original art from dozens, literally dozens of your favorite artists. Super Megafest, by the way, was more fun than humans should be allowed to have and really, really tiring. And if you have a free moment, please take a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Our intro music production was provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Our outro music that you're hearing in the background right now provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. And check out their grooves at lawrencemademecry.com because it'd be silly to go anywhere else. I want to thank John Murphy for coming back on the show to talk about what he does and how he does it. And John, best best of luck to you next month.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much.
2: And <laughs> uh, we raked it. You're going to win.
3: Yeah. Was I not
2: supposed to say that while we are recording?
1: Oh.
0: This will air afterward, right? Perfect. Probably. Many thanks to the gang for joining us tonight from the Peabody Time Tunnel, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and the woman of few words tonight, Zombrarian. Thank you, ladies.
2: You're welcome. I feel like it was just that I had many more words than usual.
0: Maybe. Yes. Back from the thunder Shh, snow, okay. and thanks for all the fish. Thank you, Java. So long. And this is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is oh. lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.
1: That sounds... Good. That sounds perfect.